Hi and welcome to Let's Talk About Cities, a podcast dedicated to making complex topics in architecture and urban design more accessible. Today we'll talk about Airbnb. It's become a controversial topic and a controversial firm due to its impacts on local housing markets. There have even been protests in cities like Barcelona, Amsterdam and San Francisco. We will start by talking a little bit how Airbnb has started and how it has become so successful in such a short time. But we will also go into why some areas face problems due to Airbnb and also how Airbnb faces problems due to the pandemic. Lastly, we will also talk about tourism in general and how much tourism can be too much. Yeah, and then we'll look into some possible methods of dealing with the issues that arise from too much tourism and too much Airbnb on a political and an individual level. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Let's talk about cities. Airbnb is a trusted online marketplace for people to list, discover, and book unique accommodations around the world. From a private room to a private island, we offer an entertaining and personal way for travelers to unlock local experiences and see their surroundings through the eyes of a local. That's a quote from Joe Gebbia, the designer and co-founder, as well as the CPO of Airbnb. Mm -hmm. But how did it start? Well, um Airbnb was founded in 2008 and um, was thought of as an idea similar to couch surfing, but obviously not free, uh, but offering a cheap and uh, simple alternative to hotels or hostels. Um, it's grown incredibly successful and has over 650,000 hosts and over 6 million listings, which is um, almost double that of the three biggest hotel chains in the world combined. Yeah, I read that it's even 7 million listings somewhere. Could be so now. Yeah, I mean, it, could, it keeps growing. Um, and uh, that begs the question, how have they become so successful? Because it's uh, the biggest difference to, to hotels, obviously, is that they don't um, own any of the properties that are listed. They're just a platform. Um, connecting hosts as they're called and guests yeah um i guess maybe i can go a bit into that in general the success of airbnb is intertwined with the success of tourism or just that tourism is growing in general and um I read some parts of the annual report of the World Tourism Organization and it said that the international tourist arrivals has grown from 673 million uh, in 2000 to 1,460 million in 2019. Mm -hmm. So tourism is growing incredibly much and Airbnb puts a strong emphasis on this sharing and uh, local experience. Mm -hmm. It's also part of the sharing economy, which might be an umbrella term, but um, actually is um, 
It is defined as the sharing activity of underutilized assets with the help of IT-based technology. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the core of it, this is what maybe Airbnb was meant to be, that you uh, have a room and you want to earn some extra bucks and uh, maybe you want to meet new people. And, you know, so maybe that was not just, um, not just about money in the mm -hmm. beginning, but having offering your room, meeting new people, and then for the people um, traveling with Airbnb to have this unique local experience. Yeah, exactly, as, as um, kind of portrayed in that quote that yeah, you read. Yeah, exactly. And this is also, um, some people uh, argue why Airbnb is so successful. There are competitors like HomeAway, for example, But Airbnb has continuously um, put their emphasis on this trust rather than, okay, it's cheaper than hotels um, mm -hmm. marketing. So um, if you look at it, for example, there's this Airbnb experience nowadays that hasn't been previously. And um, you can yeah, book a tour or book a, a dinner with uh, someone, you know, it's like... Again, this having this local experience mm -hmm. somewhere on the other side of the world. Um, and then maybe you are invited to someone uh, someone's home to, to that they cook you a dinner that is um, specific for this region. Mm -hmm. And then maybe you get in touch with the people and talk to them and um, yeah, have this local feeling. So... There are three indicators that show that Airbnb is building on this uh, trust okay. um, as their main marketing trick or marketing strategy, you can call it. The first one is reputation, that you show the reviews of the past travelers. Um, then there's the host identity, that uh, the people that uh, rent out their apartments tell something about themselves maybe there's a picture or maybe mm -hmm. it's connected to their facebook page or whatever and then there's also um the indicator of certification because uh, now airbnb gives this super host badge mm -hmm. to some hosts and they can only earn it by having many and good reviews so um yeah those those Three things indicate that Airbnb builds up this trust and mm -hmm. living like a local and that is their main strategy. And maybe that is an explanation why they are so uh, successful. Mm -hmm. But um, you've got to look at this idea um, portrayed as, as building on trust and, and genuine experiences uh, a bit critically because... As I mentioned, there are 650,000 hosts and over 6 million listings, over 7 million now, you said. Um, so that's about 10 listings per host, which makes clear that it's not someone who has a spare room or is maybe uh, for a time somewhere else has their apartment empty and, 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 and um, rents it out to someone. Um, those are organized companies um, that rent rooms that or, or apartments rather apartments that's way more common um, and they've then either bought up apartments for this specific purpose or they are even in some cases building 
uh, new buildings specifically to, to be uh, rented out on Airbnb. And this commercialization of Airbnb makes sense, a lot of sense. Uh, because of the higher profitability of renting through Airbnb. Mm-hmm. Um, it depends, of course, very much on where in the world it is and, and what local regulations apply. But uh, generally, you cannot take out as high a rent for a normal rent as you can do if you're renting it out for a shorter time through mm-hmm. Airbnb. And I think that also has something to do with people accepting paying a higher price for renting something for a holiday or so than where they are staying full time. In Vienna, there was a study done at the Technical University um, and goes into a lot of aspects of Airbnb in Vienna specifically. And one of the very interesting ones is that they've shown that the profitability of renting out through Airbnb as compared to normal renting out uh, is between 35 and 70 percent higher so that that creates a huge incentive to focus on renting out through airbnb mm-hmm. rather than normally maybe i just want to quickly add that um like like the study you mentioned now as with all sources in general we will put them into um the description or show notes and um, right yeah yeah but also, um, isn't it so that most of the apartments being, or most of the listings are entire apartments? So how the idea initially started to rent out one room that is spare mm-hmm. turned into uh, short time uh, rents of, of entire apartments, yeah. which of course leads to those apartments not being available for people that live in the city and want to rent the apartments long term right (laughs) well yeah exactly that is one of the consequences and um we'll go into some examples of different cities to look more closely at the the consequences but this kind of ties to our last episode about gentrification um this specific problem of what happens when apartments in in places where there is already a lack of housing are removed from um, house market housing market yeah and uh, are specifically rented out for airbnb well obviously that uh, exacerbates the lack of housing and um, also can lead to further gentrification because uh, airbnb listings in more popular areas um, get get more uh, traction and you can see it just through a quick look at Airbnb at the website and the map, or also very clearly in, for example, the study made in Vienna, and there's a, a study in Berlin as well, where you just have to look at the map and you very clearly and quickly see that um, people want to go to the, the trendy neighborhoods. And those are the same neighborhoods that are suffering from gentrification in general. So it has a lot of the same characteristics. Yeah. So this is also why we um, made the choice to do this episode. Now we actually had another one planned, but we just felt that it's uh, fitting so well as we started to talk a bit about it last episode. And now we can actually go deeper into why Airbnb can be a problem for a city. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the gentrification is is quite clear then because, um, this incentive that I mentioned that you can earn more money through renting through Airbnb as compared to normal 
Um, in some cases, uh, as I said, there might be apartments bought up or even buildings built simply to rent out on Airbnb. But uh, there are also apartments where someone already is renting it long term and the owner of this apartment might look to um, force them out um, or to to uh, not uh, renew their their contract in order to, to then yeah, renovate so, it and then exactly, uh, rent it out on exactly. Airbnb. Exactly. And this yeah. is a very direct example of the displacement that mm -hmm. can occur. Um, because where are these people going to go then? Well, they're mm. displaced exactly as in the, in the examples we mentioned in the um, gentrification episode. Mm -hmm. But the issue with Airbnb and uh, the displacement and, and this uh, confrontation of tourists and locals has some uh, characteristics of its own. And uh, that is, for example, if you just take one apartment in a building that's rented out through Airbnb, um, shouldn't generalize, but I think we have an image of um, what kind of guests can be disturbing, maybe large groups of young people um, that party a lot, they're loud, they don't have a connection to the building and to the neighbors, so they are bound to be uh, less respectful oftentimes maybe they leave trash after them and so so that creates a conflict and a disturbance for the neighbors then if you have more apartments in one building the problem is multiplied if there are entire buildings with airbnb apartments like specifically um, built for that purpose then that can change the entire character of, of an area uh, and then we get very close to the definition of gentrification that yeah. we landed at in the last episode and um, you can see this in in Barcelona or Amsterdam or, or Berlin or so where it's very tangible that the character of the area has changed it has become a tourist destination not a place where people live their daily lives um, a theme park and that, that kind of further consequences like the shops are changing Rents are going up, further driving the gentrification, further um, making clear that the the only way you can stay in this neighborhood is to go along with this wave of touristification and commercialization. Yeah, I just wanted to mention also that, of course, it's not only about uh, Airbnb people, Airbnb or tourists that travel with Airbnb that might behave in a way that is... Um, not so um, that they don't take care of the neighborhood, they have their apartment in, in an appropriate way. It's an issue that can occur with any tourists, even if they, like, that doesn't matter if they stay in, in flats or, or hotels then. Mm -hmm. It's just um, a question of how much tourism is wanted in a city and how much is too much and yeah absolutely and but there are still those specific problems of airbnb type accommodations where you have a very direct intimate conflict created between the locals and the, the tourists because if they stay in a hotel then they're not in the same building mm. uh, as, as the locals and that which creates a much more uh, intimate conflict yeah i would say but but absolutely i mean uh, Therefore, I also mentioned the, the gentrification episode to make clear that this is part of a larger issue. Mm -hmm. it's, it wouldn't necessarily be a problem if the, the profitability of, of renting out an Airbnb apartment wasn't so much higher 
than renting out a, an apartment normally because people wouldn't necessarily be displaced because they would have somewhere else to go that was also affordable and that was also in a good area or mm -hmm. so. Or there wouldn't even be the need to drive someone away and displace them. You, you could just uh, take space that is there anyway. As I've also traveled with um, Airbnb and I also don't want to make this episode about us telling how bad people are uh, choosing to travel with Airbnb. But if I stay in an Airbnb apartment, it's also often because I have access to a kitchen and can cook myself and therefore have to spend less money going to restaurants and so on. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, there's hotels that have um, the possibility to have breakfast, lunch and dinner there. But oftentimes it's possible to more independently cook your own mm -hmm. meals yeah. and then you might um, put less money into local restaurants and so on yeah. and spend more time at home or in your rented home and um, yeah so I just wanted to add this that um, Airbnb tourists might spend less money uh, in restaurants and so on um, when they travel yeah but as a positive or a negative, you mean? I mean, for, for the people itself, it might be positive because they spend less money. Mm -hmm. But um, I think that has to be taken into account when um, thinking um, of Airbnb tourists as a city because um, they contribute less as tourists than hotel tourists might. So it's a bad thing for the city. Maybe, yeah. I also didn't... We, we'll get a bit more into... To, um like the personal stance towards Airbnb later on. But you mentioned Barcelona, Amsterdam and Berlin as like the typical examples. Why why do you think they're so vulnerable to 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 Airbnb or why has it why has I, I, it I become too the, much there? I, th I think those are the um most publicized cases. So it's a matter of attention as well. Mm -hmm. It's not that it's necessarily worst there um i think venice is actually the best example not specifically for airbnb but over tourism mm. um anyone who goes to venice uh, maybe except in the off season uh, will see every street is packed with tourists you, you barely you can barely move um and there are cruise ships in the harbor i have a photo that i love and hate at the same time where you just you know, you're walking along these alleys. I'd found some empty alleys in a, a kind of off district. And then suddenly um, through like uh, at the end of a canal is a huge cruise ship. It just looks surreal. Um, but I think there the is issue hasn't been as much with Airbnb as with cruise ships, for example. So in the other cases, well, Amsterdam, that's been very publicized because a lot of the locals have reacted negatively and the same in, in Barcelona and in Berlin. I think Berlin and Barcelona are examples of cities that have quite a mature protest culture. They make themselves heard when, when there's something they don't agree with. But there are also, also numbers to indicate the, the scale of the problem. So for example, for Barcelona or Amsterdam, there are per year 
roughly 20 to 30 times as many visitors, tourists, as there are residents in the city. So for, for um, Barcelona in the year 2018, there were 1.3 million inhabitants, I think, and 30 million visitors. So a city built for 1.3 million has to deal with, in a year, 30 times that. Obviously, it's going to get crowded. And uh, these people don't spread out and, and, and live the daily life. Most of them want to go to the tourist attractions, Sagrada Familia and, and the Ramblas or, or so. And it becomes a matter of, of just too much, you know. And then it's also very much a matter of what kind of tourists really you have to you have to i think be a bit critical or not so politically correct and say well a lot of the tourists in any given european city are party tourists and they are loud and they are drunk and they piss in the streets and they vomit in the doorways and you've got these beer bikes you know where the people sit six people or so and uh, pedaling on a bike while drinking beer from it, going through the city center, shouting or listening to loud music. So th those are very clear examples of something that is disturbing to the, to the local population. Then we've got the, the economic um, effects that we mentioned earlier, but it's also um, an ecological matter. And there it's more a question of the day tourists um, than Airbnb tourists. It's all, uh, always a question of, of how do you travel? So mm -hmm. the cruise ship tours, for example, or tourists coming with tour buses or so just for a day, or even tourists um, staying in campsites outside the city. So they're maybe not uh, contributing to, to this uh, real estate connected problem, but they stay outside the city and the cruise ship tourists and so on. They all come and they're there maybe over the day. They, they don't even stay over. They tend to spend a lot less money, but these modes of transport pollute the city itself and and, um, and all along the way there. And so for tourists to stay longer, who, who consume a lot, you might at least make the, the argument that they bring a lot of money to the city that in the end can benefit Everyone, I think Barcel in Barcelona, uh, tourism brings in 10 billion euros every year. So, but with these day tourists, you don't even have that as, as kind of a positive aspect. It comes, I think, quite a parasitic uh, vision or really the theme park um, vision of they come, they, <laughs> they crowd, they leave. And, and so that's a really big problem. Especially Venice has a problem with people just staying for one day as um, many accommodations are quite expensive there. I think that many people just come there, um, walk around for a day and then want to head off for their next destination again. Yeah, I, I guess that whole tourism and how to deal with that um, is is a huge topic itself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, 
also read from the World Tourism Organization that the number the numbers you quoted from 2000 until today uh, showed more than a doubling. I think about 630 million, mm-hmm. and now it's over one point four thousand. Uh, right, like so one point four billion. Yeah. So that's that's uh, more than double. And uh, what I read was that from now until 2030, the number will double again. So you'd have then uh, about two, two and a half, more than two and a half billion tourists per year. And that's quite difficult to imagine if there's over tourism already, that what happens when that number doubles. And, and was Corona already uh, taken no. into account? Okay. No, no. But I mean, after Corona, I think uh, people will want to travel so much that that will just be exacerbated and that effect. And um, in Venice, for example, I think about two thirds of the people who who live there or who are counted to the the number of residents in Venice actually live outside the city Mm -hmm. because the city itself has become so expensive and it's become so difficult to live your daily life there. I also wanted to mention again an example of, of the sort of economic effect that this can have. From a Guardian article uh, on Airbnb in Barcelona, um, it says what I mentioned earlier in 2019, there were 30 million visitors to 1.6 million inhabitants, not 1.3, as I said earlier. And I quote, for residents, this is translated into a 50% rent increase over the past five years. A 24 year old earning an average wage now faces a monthly rent equal to 114% of their salary. So the, the, just the rent is more than their entire salary. That's, That's for an insane. average yeah. salary. And it goes on. As a result, about 80% of 16 to 30 year olds still live with their parents. Now, obviously there's a there's a cultural factor, I think, to be considered there in, in terms of the amount of people still living with their parents. But um, as, a, as a Swede, to me that number is mind-blowing it obviously impacts the lives of people enormously if they cannot move out and and start their independent lives and also as you mentioned previously this this balance between inhabitants and tourists when there's more tourists than people living in the place i think it's just it's just a really odd feeling for for the residents Mm -hmm. um now i came to think of Iceland um, that don't even have 400,000 people living there. And in, I think, 2019, they had 2 million tourists visiting um, in in this year. So they also have so many tourists. And um, I was never in Iceland, but you have this beautiful nature. And apparently um, it's become a problem that Many tourists litter a lot and, um, yeah, as you said, like urinate in the wild or just camp anywhere and then leave a lot of garbage behind and so on. So um, there have to be concepts thought of that can still, as you said, tourists is a, a really important income for the country or for many places, but there has to be some kind of way that they don't lose those tourists but i don't know uh, tell them how to behave in their uh, place yeah, and, yeah. Uh, or show um some some guidelines um, yeah i mean you've looked into that a bit what what sort of um 
regulation attempts are there? Yeah, I, I looked into what regulations there are to, to deal with Airbnb precisely. Mm -hmm. But what I mentioned now was rather um, yeah, but how isn't that can oftentimes you... connected? Well, um, there is like considering Airbnb, there are regulations that can be done by the politicians. However, um, to tell tourists how to behave is rather um, hard, I think. I mean, I can think of Venice where they, for example, banned or they, they don't allow it anymore to um, eat your food that you have brought from like a sandwich or so mm -hmm. on public or on specific public spaces. Yeah. So you have to go into a restaurant, which I think is quite drastical. But, um, mm -hmm. or, or I think in, in Rome, you cannot, yeah, you can, you can't sit on the Spanish steps anymore, or you can't eat on the Spanish yeah. steps. And in Florence, I read they, they, um, um, shower the, the steps and so, uh, where people like to picnic with water so that they won't sit there. Mm -hmm. But you mean, this is difficult to, to change do? the behavior. Like I, I yeah, think but do you mean that it's difficult to achieve a changed behavior or do you think that it's difficult in the sense of um if it's like politically correct or, or yeah, moral to be sense, so drastic exactly i think um in my opinion it is completely fair to have certain limitations or restrictions towards uh yeah, renting out apartments and so and i will go mm -hmm. into that uh, in a few seconds i just wanted to um say that i think that it is quite drastical to to try to change the behavior of people right. as such. Yeah, I get that. But um, maybe if you go into to what you found about uh, regulation attempts, and then we can continue with a more general uh, discussion on, yeah. on these uh, more, more um, maybe difficult topics or, yeah. or, or questions of behavior. As I mentioned, Iceland previously, um, they have now limited the rental period. So there, it's only allowed to rent out an apartment for a maximum um, of 90 days per year. And then, of course, um, you can also limit the number of visitors uh, a host is allowed to accept throughout the year. Then, of, then there's also the, the possibility to ban Airbnb in general. However, I think that it is quite hard to go through with and also um, maybe that's not the solution to go from a hundred to a zero so I guess there yeah, are especially like uh, specifically for one service or company it seems unfair exactly it's probably not even allowed according to EU rules wise yeah um, and then there have been uh, other regulations, for example, in Berlin. I read that they are only allowing Airbnb if the owner of the um, apartment is present. Um, in other cities, they had the regulation that no entire apartments can be rented mm -hmm. out. Um, then there was also... Um, the regulation that uh, there's only, uh, as I said before, a maximum number of listings per property owner. Mm -hmm. Because as you said previously, one problem is that it's not like 
people have a spare room, they rent it out. It's rather they have 10 apartments, for example, and then, uh, yeah, make a huge business out of that. And then, um, a big discussion was about so many taxes being, um, not paid because of course it's really hard to, um, control and, um, now in some um, states in the in America and also um, in some other cities, they have um, introduced an occupancy tax, mm-hmm. which of course minimizes the advantage, the competition advantage um, to hotels, but also makes it more equal because that is what the the hotels or hotel association have been saying all along that um it's completely unfair that they are generally having the the same business but are not don't need to pay the same taxes mm-hmm. and then the people from Airbnb argue that it is a sharing economy it's mm-hmm. um this concept of local to local but actually it's not or at least not in all cases and yeah, I think you can argue that's just not true. Yeah. Yeah. But um, um, I also read about some approaches. I mean, these are approaches specifically to to Airbnb, not the occupancy tax, um, but the other ones. But I think it's also clear from the sort of issues that, that we've mentioned that it's really a larger topic. Mm-hmm. And at the basis of many of the problems is the lack of housing. Um, so that really makes it a question and also the other sort of disturbances of what I think will be central to this podcast in general. Um, the question of the balance between the right to property and the right to the city and the right to housing. Um, you know, there's not a, a clear answer or one truth when it comes to that, but you've really got to ask as, as you see a lack of housing in, in most big cities around the world, um, how is it that such a basic need as housing a roof over your head, uh, can become so, so, um, expensive or difficult Mm -hmm. to, to, uh, to attain in the 21st century Mm -hmm. with countries getting richer and richer and the, and the, um, total wealth of the world just rising. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big question. As for dealing with, with, uh, over tourism, um, which there might be over tourism, even if you solve the issue of a lack of housing and uh, increased rents. Um, I saw some, some, uh, interesting initiatives, for example, from the Netherlands and their tourism, um, board to try to actively not promote Amsterdam anymore, for example, or to actively promote other cities to try to spread it out a bit. Obviously this, this spreads out also the economic benefits better in the country. Um, and also could maybe help avoid the over tourism in one city, in one location. Mm-hmm. So I think that's quite interesting. It's, it's a way of working, not with rules and like forbidding certain things, but try to actively encourage something else. Mm -hmm. But then 
those are all kind of top down measures. I think it's also important as in, in any topic to consider what the role of the individual is. with Airbnb as well and um, we're not here to criticize Airbnb so specifically just to discuss some of the issues and whether it's with Airbnb or staying in hostels I've also been a party tourist um, <laughs> but I think it's it's always a question of if, if, if the number of tourists continues to rise it's a question of parts of the world becoming more affluent, wanting to travel, wanting to, to see the world. And I think it's uh, comparable to um, countries like India, where people now are, are getting enough money to drive cars. And they're not going to drive electric cars because that's going to be too expensive, but they're starting to drive diesel or, or gas-driven um, cars. And this this kind of argument from the Western world that has had those luxuries for a long time and other polluting um, activities as well to say, well, we had our fun, um, but now there's a climate crisis to a large degree caused by by our countries and you uh, have got to take your responsibility and um, and not have those luxuries that we had. I think that's really questionable. Absolutely. I'm getting angry when you're just speaking. Yeah, yeah about but there it. is that sort of. Um, yeah, I, I, this I is the is... storytelling that, uh, or storytelling, this is what, uh, like, yeah, as you said, we, we had our fun and now uh, you came to this point, but you're not allowed to do it as, as we did. And then taking into consideration that, um, we claim to be so sustainable and doing everything with so much progress, but as the wealth rises, the um, the production rises, and then we want more and more and more, and then we are so much more unsustainable. If if you look at the the number of emissions, yeah, but but I think now we're getting into yeah. a different topic, and and what I just wanted to say was that to to make an analogy to that discussion. Um, that the same applies to to, to tourism. So mm -hmm. the the main origins of that rising number of tourism uh, tourists is uh, Asia and Eastern Europe, for example. And you, you're not going to stop them from traveling, I think, unless there's some sort of Corona um, post Corona reaction to air travel in general or because of the economical ramifications that travel uh, decreases in general. So then you have to work more with those active measures, as, as I mentioned in, in the Netherlands, how to uh, sort of um, shape these flows of, of tourists and maybe spread them out and, and try to uh, achieve more sustainability on that front. Or also, yes, um, as in uh, Venice, as you mentioned, or in Florence, to try to change the behavior of, of tourists. Mm -hmm. um, but again, that's top top down, and I think it's not too much to. I, I mean, we don't have a right. No one has the right, as such, to 
to go to another place and behave however we like. We have to respect the people that live there. Mm. We have to respect that that is their um, environment. And if you then feel it's too radical, uh, that it's forbidden to, to have a picnic on some certain public places, then maybe don't go there. You know, I think um, that has to be reflected upon by people. But now what they see as their right and to just in general have a bit more respect. You're a guest when you're a tourist. You are a guest and you should um, adapt to where you are. I think that's I really understand. important. I understand where you're going, but also I feel like you're portraying as if it's one truth in the foreign country, as if there was one uh, one person deciding how the tourist should be behave should behave i mean no what i'm saying right now is not that one person should decide that i'm saying that anyone who travels somewhere else should think for themselves uh, about how they behave as a traveler yeah, as a guest somewhere else. that's obvious i think that is yeah but obviously clearly it's not very yeah. obvious but i, I i'm do... not saying someone from above should decide it yeah, but um, if you're, if what you're saying is that the people should think for themselves, reflect, take their decision how they behave in another country, then I suppose that many people claim that they are doing that, but maybe uh, in the heat of the moment when they're traveling and getting drunk and then suddenly they forget all this um, yeah, that may be, and that's not the end of the world. But um, I, I think it's not uh, wouldn't be such a bad thing if, for example, there are say, for example, in Amsterdam, um, I think in the red light district, where uh, of course a lot of tourists want to go, they put up uh, posters on the on the entrance doors to houses with images of the people living there and a text saying "We live here." Mm -hmm. Just to kind of remind people that people live here mm -hmm. and, and it would be nice if there was some respect shown. Yeah. And I think that's not too invasive. Um, and if there were, for example, I don't know, on the cruise ships or airplanes or whatever, brochures just saying, hey, keep, keep this in mind. Um, or uh, a campaign um, going out to tourists in general or so, just keep this in mind when you travel. It's not that bad. It's, just, it's like if you if you go to a Muslim country and you're visiting the tourist sites and there are signs saying you should cover your your skin and your hair mm -hmm. or whatever and and I think that's perfectly reasonable. Mm -hmm. You're there as a guest. You have to adapt and follow the customs. And a similar thing um, would be quite good. Just a general campaign to to. Um, increase the 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 likelihood that people uh, do carry out this reflection of their own behavior and then if you get drunk and and, and you are loud for a bit or so maybe it's not the end of the world really want to take a look at how Airbnb is doing right now because we're 
due to Corona, um, of course, facing a completely different reality than we did two years ago. And um, the pandemic has affected tourism in general, but of course, um, by, combined with that Airbnb a lot. Mm -hmm. In the beginning of 2020, Airbnb looked at a massive drop as people were forced to canceled their reservations and weren't sure how it's gonna develop mm -hmm. and therefore didn't make any new ones. However, it's funny to see how quickly Airbnb adapted. If you look at their at their if you look at their website right now, they they have like a, a slogan travel locally or or mm -hmm. something like that. So now those close to home visits have increased a lot. Mm -hmm. And in December 2020, they um, actually entered the stock market, or how do you call it? Like they became uh, publicly listed. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And have had a, a good start, uh, an incredible start, mm -hmm. actually, even though many people thought they're not going to survive. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I guess there's this argument that uh, actually Airbnb, as compared to, to traveling to a hotel, um, gives you more more power uh, to choose how many people you run into which mm -hmm. is obviously important in a in a pandemic um, in a hotel there might be lots of people in the lobby or you might have to deal with reception or in the in the corridors or, or so um, but with Airbnb you have your place you can choose who you stay with those might be your corona buddies that way maybe you can you can uh, influence how big of a risk that might be in yeah. terms of, of um, uh, infections. And um, also um, hotels tend to be uh, concentrated in cities. Maybe you don't make city trips, but rather rent a house somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, people speculating about how Airbnb is going to develop also claim that tourism will continue to rise um, Airbnb should always, and also other hotels should, um, of course, it depends on how the restrictions are locally, but um, then put an emphasis on their safety and health regulations. Mm -hmm. And um, that will also influence how fast tourism and Airbnb um, will recover. Mm -hmm. So it is about communicating what you have thought of and that the people feel like, okay, I can safely travel there and don't have to be scared of getting the virus or mm -hmm. whatever. And then yeah. that will help Airbnb to rec recover more quickly. Mm -hmm. Sure. That makes me think actually of, a, of another um, issue uh, regarding the pandemic and tourists, because surely there are lots of examples, but for example, in Sweden, as Sweden has been portrayed as a country that uh, didn't implement any measures to stop the pandemic from spreading at the beginning of the pandemic people came to sweden to be able to, because their countries had lockdowns so for example flew to sweden to have their hair cut or flew to sweden to be able to go to a cafe and have a coffee or to go uh, to a bar or, or go out and uh, in austria you had the example of of tourists coming in in the winter now to go skiing mm. and like restriction-free holiday has become the new corona thing yeah and there were so many uh, like for example uh, 
tourist board in in Tyrol and hotels and even the embassy of Austria in in the UK gave tips for how to get around the regulations on on travel so there again i think that it goes back to what i said about the the personal responsibility that people have um, they're going to try to get around regulations so regulations is not the the only answer and i think there you that really annoys me for example people coming then going around the regulations and actually it's not so much about their risk but they are putting the local population at risk i think i think that's exactly uh, like unbelievable super many people flying to tulum or yeah. so and then um in mexico they don't have the same health uh equipment or 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 they don't mm -hmm. have capacity yeah and then tourists are like oh no the corona doesn't yeah. exist here so. and i think at that point it's it's too late for any sort of awareness campaigns or brochures <laughs> and you have to punish those people seriously with with large fines or even prison <laughs> <laughs> i think um maybe this is a good end for today's episode what yeah. do you think yeah before i get too hateful <laughs> <laughs> i'll stop you right there yeah thank you for listening uh, let us know what you think and let's talk about cities goodbye